is war in the spirit. Your God-given, God-guided resource for all things truth and all things kingdom based on the word of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned for this week's spiritual truth. Hey, spiritual warriors, welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Coffin Green back for a brand new episode of War in the Spirit. As you can hear, as I'm speaking, God is also speaking. I don't know if you guys can hear that thunder in the background, but we're here for another episode. It's a new season. We just started season number seven. If you haven't tuned in to the first two episodes of season number seven, um, broken buildings and God don't make no mess, I would encourage you to go back and listen to those before you listen to this one, as it's generally a progression and you'll hear me reference those uh, previous episodes in today's episode. So you are tuned in for season number seven, episode number three, entitled GPS. As I was preparing for this episode earlier today, I've just been kind of doing a lot of reflecting over the past few days on what God has done in my life as I come to a place where God is opening new doors and closing old chapters in my life. I know that I'm coming to a close of this chapter and God is opening and turning the page for something new to occur. I was just thinking about when I started this podcast and in, in, in 2018, and it was just uh, instruction from God. I had no idea what it was going to look like. I had no idea what I was going to talk about. I had never podcasted before. I, 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 I was just getting into teaching and preaching, and I was just like, all right, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but all I could do was sit down at the computer and say, all right, God, what do you want me to say? God has a word for the people. What is it that you want me to say to the people, God? I'm just going to be a vessel. It didn't matter to me how small it was, how many people tuned in, how many people like, share, follow. I didn't care about none of that. All I wanted to do was pass on the word that God had given me to give you and pray that you would receive that word and respond accordingly. So as I know that God is doing something new in this time, I was just thinking about what he led me to begin to build with this podcast and going back and reflecting on some of the earlier episodes. I'm kind of amazed at how God has built this platform of content and instruction And I truly do believe that it is a blueprint for how he desires for us to govern our lives in this time and in this season and co-laboring with what he is doing in the earth. So I pray that you receive it in that way and that you seek him for what he would have you to do in accordance with this word. And as I always say, this is not about me at all. This is about you and your relationship with God. You and your relationship with God is your responsibility. And it's your job to take what is given here and now go back to God and say, God, what is it that you want me to know about this? So 
let's jump in for today's episode, which is entitled GPS. And I know all of y'all know what GPS means, you know. It stands for Global Positioning System. You know, we use our GPS to get everywhere we, we need to go. You know what's so funny about GPS is I think back to before we had GPS and before we had GPS, you know, in, in the cars and on our phones, we, we had MapQuest where you had to go in the computer and, you know, you had to type out, uh, get the type written directions to go somewhere. But then I started thinking, well, how in the world <laughs> did we get to places before we had that? Well, we use maps. And, you know, it's so funny because it makes me think about the way that God directs us and how just the way that the way that we got directions to get to places in a practical way before has changed and shifted so much. The way that God gives us direction now is also changing and shifting. And the only way that we can know and understand how to move in co-laboring with him is to remain connected. And, you know, when I think about that, it, it makes me think about tradition and how sometimes we get so caught up in tradition or we get so caught up in the way that we thought something was supposed to be or, or the way that we used to do a thing. And I talked about this a few episodes ago um, about how sometimes we get caught up in the old way and we don't remain connected um, I think it was in the episode about broken buildings and how we don't remain connected to God to continue to get the instruction in the way that he desires to give it to us. And so sometimes we we think, oh, well, I did it this way, you know, before, and that's the way that I should continue to do it. But that's not necessarily the truth because things are continuing to progress and move forward. And so also we have to continue to progress and move forward. And so as I was thinking about this, God gave me the title before he gave me anything about how, what we were going to talk about, what this was going to look like. All I kept seeing was GPS, GPS, GPS. I was like, okay, God, what do you want? What do you want me to know about this? And it made me think about me and how, um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm a, I've lived in, I'm from Atlanta. I've lived in this city my entire life. I'm a true Georgia peach. I'm an AT alien to my heart. I know every back road, every little side street, every which way, every crevice of how to get to any and everywhere in this city. And so sometimes I'll use my GPS, not because I need to figure out how to get to a place, but I want to know what the traffic looks like, you know, because traffic in Atlanta is awful, 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 awful. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It be 2 o'clock in the morning. It's still going to look like rush hour sometimes. So I'll put things in my GPS and I will have the route that I normally take in my mind. Like, oh, I want to take my normal route. But when I put it in the GPS, the GPS is telling me to take a different route. And I'll look at it and be like, but that ain't the route I want to take. That's a longer way around. I don't want to go that way. And lo and behold, I'll go my normal route the way that's tried and true as far as I'm concerned, only to find out there's traffic on my normal route. And I should have listened to the GPS in the first place because it would have gotten me there quicker than my normal route, which appeared to be the quicker route. And see, 
this is how we will seek the GPS for directions, but then want to go our own way. Same for God. See, the question is, are you using the God positioning system or are you using the global positioning system? Are you using the positioning system of the world or are you using the positioning system of God? And see, too many of us have decided to go our own way. Proverbs 14, 11, and 12 says, The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. There is a way which seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. You see, oftentimes we, we start off with, with good intentions. We, we seek God for what he wanted us to do. And, but then we, when, when he gives us directions, we decide that route doesn't make sense to us or, or we decide we want to go our own way. And, and we took a wrong turn and now God is about to redirect you back to the right path. The question is, how much adversity will you have to face in the process of being rerouted back to the path? You see, you can only be covered as long as you are on the God-approved route. Think of, uh, think of uh, an insurance company, right? Think of, think of your, this, your coverage as kingdom insurance. See, as long as you drive according to the rules and the law, the insurance will cover you. You know how they, all these insurance companies have these little devices that you can put in your car. What do they call Good driver discounts or whatever. You can put this little device in your car. And if, as long as you're driving according to the speed limit and you're not driving sporadically, you get the good driver discount. So here's the thing. You can only be covered under your kingdom insurance if you're taking the God-approved route. So if you veered off the course, you can't be mad with God about what you're going to encounter on that path. See, that's not his problem because it's not his route. Therefore, it's not his responsibility. You see, you have kingdom insurance policy as long as you walked in obedience to him. You, you covered. However, as soon as you chose to step outside of his will for your life, you became subject to whatever the enemy would throw at you. But see, we all want to we all want to go our own way and say, oh, I, I, but I want to do this. I, I know that God may want me to do this, but that route just seems longer. It seems more difficult. It seems more tedious. It seems it seems like it's more work. I, I just don't want to do it. But there's an easier route over here that that, that I want to take. And then when we run into obstacles, when we run into accidents, when we run into traffic, when we collide into something that we don't we didn't expect or we don't want to deal with the consequences of, then we want to go running back to God and say, oh God, help me. And God is saying, but wait, that wasn't covered under your insurance. You're not covered. You're not covered. Because you didn't take the route that I told you to take. 
See, Psalm 91 talks about the security of the Lord. It says, uh, Psalm 91 verse one says, one who dwells in the shelter of the most high will lodge in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who rescues you from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings, you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and wall. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that devastates at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the retaliation against the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will happen to you, nor will any plague come near your tent, for he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. But here's the thing. Are you covered under that insurance policy? Or are you walking in disobedience? You see, because when we disobey God, God may give us a chance. He may warn us. He'll warn us. He'll give us a few warnings. He's a real parent, right? He's a real parent. Think about a parent that um, will give you a warning. You, your, your child does something that, that's out of line and you're looking at him like, all right, I'm trying to tell you, you better stop. You better cut that out or don't do that anymore. You may give a few warnings and then after the warning shots comes the punishment comes the consequence. The next time you see them do that thing, you're not going to give another warning. It's just going to come a consequence. And that's how God is too. You see, we, we get out here and we think, well, I got away with it this time, or it must be okay because ain't nothing happened to me, or I'm, I'm, I'm still uh, uh, covered, or God ain't allowed me to get hit yet. Okay, keep on playing. You see, because God can remove his hand from you. You see, oftentimes God will allow things to happen in our lives and they're a controlled exercise to prune us, to, to shape us, to push us into a position or a place. But see, after a certain amount of time when we don't want to be disobedient, I mean, when we don't want to be obedient to God, or when we don't want to heed his warnings, where sometimes he'll allow things to happen to us to catch our attention and say, hey, hey, I got something to show you. Hey, there's something over here I need you to give your attention to. Hey, don't do that. Hey, don't go in that direction. And if we don't heed those warnings, he will remove his hand from us. See, because his hand of protection keeps us from the destruction and the opposition of the enemy. Let's go to Job chapter one. I'm gonna start at verse one. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. And then I'm gonna skip down to uh, verse six. It says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. 
the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But reach out with your hand now and touch all that he has. He will certainly curse you to your face. Then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not reach out and put your hand on him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. So you see, <laughs> Satan comes to God and he says, God says to him, oh, my servant Job, oh, he's, he's going to serve me regardless. Oh, have you considered him? He's an upright man. And Satan says, oh, he's only upright because you got your hand of protection over him. See, this is the other thing. Sometimes God will allow things to happen to us to shape us and strengthen our faith and our trust in him, to test our faith and our trust in him. But here God says, okay, I'm gonna remove my hand off of just this over here. Okay, you can, I'm gonna let you allow, you can touch all that he has, his possessions. But it says, don't put your hand on him. So God still continues to keep his hand of protection over Job. And he's doing the same for you under grace. However, if you continue to test him, that grace is going to run out and he is going to remove his hand. If you continue to be disobedient, that grace is going to run out and he is going to remove his hand. God ain't going to continue to cover you. You are a liability to his kingdom if you continue to be disobedient. And no insurance company wants a driver that is constantly a liability, that is constantly taking the wrong turn, that is constantly having accidents and crashing and colliding in places, in, into things, into situations that they ain't got no business because they didn't follow the GPS. God don't have time for no more liabilities in his kingdom. He don't have time for you and your mess as we talked about in the last episode and your broken buildings. He don't have time for you to be putting his name on that mess because it's a liability to his kingdom. The question is, are you an asset? Or are you a liability? And if you're a liability, at some point, the company is going to drop you. You are no longer going to be behind that hand of protection under that insurance policy, under that refuge or that fortress. You see, it's about to be like the wild, wild west lawless because God is going to take his hand off of you and the enemy is going to run rampant in your life all because you couldn't follow the GPS because you didn't follow his instructions for your life
He is about to remove his hand from your mess and uncover it so that it will be exposed. And what happens when the insurance company doesn't cover you anymore? When you wreck, you can't rebuild. You don't have no resources. You don't have no provision to rebuild what was broken. Don't lose your insurance policy because you're disobedient to God. Not only will your mess be exposed, but it will be cut down. See, God is about to cut that mess down like a hot knife through butter. Because he is done allowing disobedient people claiming to be believers to be a liability to his kingdom. You see, it's reaping season. And when I think about reaping, I, I looked up the definition of reaping. It, it said to to cut with a sickle or other uh, implement or machine as in harvest, to gather or take a crop, to get as a return, recompense, or result. That's one side of reaping. That means you put something in the ground, that, that you were good soil, that something is springing up, and now it's time for you to receive the return on what you put in the ground. But see, reaping is double-sided. See, when I think of reap, the other thing that I thought about was the grim reaper, a, a figure commonly used to represent death. He's generally a skeleton looking kind of thing that carries a scythe that cuts off people's lives as though he were harvesting grain. So the question is, are you going to be under the kingdom insurance policy and reap a harvest? Or are you gonna be a liability and be the one that is reaped by the grim reaper? Is your life going to be subject to the grim reaper cut down because of the mess that you've been building? because of the broken buildings, because of disobedience, because of misalignment, because you've been following the global positioning system instead of the God positioning system. Let's look at Acts chapter five, verses one through 11. It says, but a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property and kept back some of the proceeds for himself. With his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you have conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. And he heard these words. Ananias collapsed and died. And great fear came over all who heard about it. The young men got up and covered him up. And after carrying him out, they buried him. Now an interval of about three hours elapsed and his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter responded to her, 
tell me whether you sold the land for this price. And she said, yes, for that price. Then Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she collapsed at his feet and died. And the young men came in and found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard about these things. <laughs> you see, just like Ananias and Sapphira, many people started off with good intentions, wanting to give something to God, but then they also decided to keep something for themselves operating under the lie and the deceptions that what they were building was for God's glory when it was actually for their own glory and God ain't having it no more. He's about to cut that down. Just like he cut down Ananias and Sapphira. You see, at that moment when they decided they were going to try to deceive the Holy Spirit, they became a kingdom liability. They were no longer covered under the kingdom insurance policy. Which side of the reaping do you want to be on? See, God is done with people misrepresenting him and calling themselves representative and voices for him only to keep the glory for themselves. This is what is keeping people from getting saved, keeping people from trusting God in the way that he desires. And that is over. God is not about to be selective either. <laughs> if it's wrong, it's wrong. If you're a liability, you're a liability. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday, the day before last week, last year, how much you did for God. All God cares about is what are you doing today? Just like Moses, Moses did all of that stuff for God. Moses was a servant. He led all his people out. Uh, he let my people go. He went in front of the Pharaoh. He led the people out of bondage. He did all these things. But then he broke faith with God. And God said, oh, you're going to die on this mountain. You can see the promise in the distance, but you're never going to receive it because you broke faith with me, even after all that he did. So no, you think that after all the things that Moses did for God, God will still say you ain't going because you changed your position. Because you took a different route. Because you started taking the global positioning system instead of the God positioning system. Therefore, you're a liability. See, God ain't going to be selective. Just, just like during the Passover, the children of Israel weren't exempt from the death of their firstborn. See, God was coming through to take the firstborn from the Egyptians, but he, he, he was going to take it from the Israelites too had they not been obedient to paint that blood over their door. Exodus 12, 23 says, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. But when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come to your houses to strike you. 
Obedience is like the blood over your door in this season, keeping God from taking his hand of protection from you. Are you covered? Do you still have insurance? Are you sure about it? Because if not, I suggest you check your coverage today. If not, if you ain't sure, I suggest you take inventory today. Because when the destroyer comes, I promise you, you don't want to be caught without coverage. See, God will remove his hand. Lamentations 2, 1 through 3 says, How the Lord has covered the daughter of Zion with a cloud in his anger. He has hurled the glory of Israel from heaven to earth and has not remembered his footstool in the day of his anger the Lord has destroyed. He has not spared all the settlements of Jacob. In his wrath, he has overthrown the strongholds of the daughter of Judah. He has hurled them down to the ground. He has profaned the kingdom and its leaders. In fierce anger, he has cut off all the strength of Israel. He has pulled back his right hand from the enemy. Don't get caught without coverage because you decided to go your own way. Deuteronomy 28 starting in verse 15 talks about the curse and it says, but it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to be careful to follow all his commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed will you be in the city and cursed will you be in the country. Cursed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed will be the children of your womb, the produce of your ground, the newborn of your herd and the offspring of your flock. Cursed will you be when you come in and cursed will you be when you go out. The Lord will send against you curses, panic and rebuke in everything you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have abandoned me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has eliminated you from the land where you are entering to take possession of it. The Lord will strike you with consumption, inflammation, fever, feverish heat, and with the sword, with blight, and with mildew, and they will pursue you until you perish. The heaven which is over your head shall be bronze and the earth which is under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. From heaven it shall come down and you on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You will go out one way against them, but you will flee seven ways from their presence and you will be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your dead bodies will serve as food for the birds of the sky and for the animals of the earth and there will be no one to frighten them away. This is what disobedience to him will get you because the grace has run out. His patience has run out. His pleading has run out. His warning has run out. It's time to take action. Now, you see, he's given warning after warning after warning after warning. And, and you continue to refuse to heed the warning. So the next time. 
when his hand raises, it's going to come down with a mighty blow. See, too many of us have been doing the wrong thing knowingly and even receiving warnings from God to cease and desist. However, we keep on doing it, convincing ourselves that either we would not get caught or that we still have time to change before we must face the consequences of those actions. Well, now is the time for consequence. And let me be clear, God is about to cut down everything that is not from him, not for his glory, not built on his foundation, not ordained by him, everything, every system, every voice, every business, every ministry, every religion, every country, every platform, every people, he will reclaim his throne in the earth. This is the move. You see, when we think of a move of God, we want to think of this amazing, wonderful season of supernatural reaping and of reward. However, everything is two-sided. You see, a move can push you forward or bowl you over. Think about the flood with Moses. See, for Moses, who found favor in the eyes of God, the flood pushed him forward into increase. However, for those who were disobedient, who were not seeking God, who were out of position, who were misaligned, who were a liability to the kingdom, the flood washed them away. So the question is, which side are you on? Which side of the reaping are you on? Which GPS are you using? Are you a liability to the kingdom or are you an asset? And it made me think about this. A, a while ago, there was a, a windstorm uh, called a derecho somewhere in the uh, Midwest. And I was so intrigued by this that I kind of, I was like, what is that? I never heard of it before. But it's a widespread, long-lived windstorm associated with a band of rapidly moving showers or thunderstorms. And when I was thinking about a move of God, it brought me to this idea of a derecho, a wind. See, this when this wind blows through, your obedience will either allow you to plunder the world and take back all that it has stolen from you and from the kingdom. You can take back the years that will, you will take back the abundance. You will take back the inheritance. You'll take back the territory. You will take back the influence. You'll take back the souls. All that was lost will be restored. See, but there's another side to that. You see, it's not going to be a pretty sight. It's not going to be a pleasant move of God. It's going to be a natural disaster for those without blood over their door. See, think of what a scene looks like once a severe storm has blown through a place. There's all this carnage and there, there's search and rescue teams looking for the living among the dead. And you see, either you're going to be the living or you're going to be the dead. You'll be those who will benefit from this wind that is blowing in or those who are destroyed by this wind that is blowing in. But regardless, the wind is coming. The question is, 
which side of it will you be on? Will you be anchored? Will your soul be anchored in the Lord? Or is this storm going to blow you away? You see, let's look at Isaiah 45 through 8. It says, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, call out. Then he answered, what shall I call out? All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. The people are indeed grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. And you know, as I was reading this, as I was picking this apart and and it said that the people are indeed grass, it made me think of flesh. You see, if you walk in your flesh, you're like the grass and when the wind of God blows, you will wither and fade however if you walk in the spirit when the wind of god blows it is spirit to spirit therefore you will not wither and fade you see the word of god is going to stand regardless the word of god is going to go forth his kingdom will stand whether you stand with it or not. Therefore, if you have not fully become his word and are still standing on the outskirts, pretending to be a believer, pretending to be a voice for him, pretending to live your life for him, well, you're not going to be able to stand this next shift. (laughs) Malachi 3 uh, verses two through four says, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears for he is like a refiner's fire and like lawn launderer's soap. And he will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offspring of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. We must allow ourselves to be fully burned by the refiner's fire in order to escape the destruction. We must submit ourselves to full obedience. Otherwise, we are robbing God of bringing ourselves into the storehouse. Will a man rob God? You see, he wants to breathe on you again. He wants to breathe on your life again. He wants to breathe new life into you, but he needs you to return to dust so that he can reform you. Genesis 2, 7 says, then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living person. You see, from dust you were originally formed and to dust you must return if you are able to withstand if you are to be able to withstand this breath that God is about to breathe on the earth because the flesh cannot withstand his breath and he is about to release a great divine wind into the earth. Notice that in Job 42, 
it says, this is verse one, it says, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no plan is impossible for you. Who is this who conceals advice without knowledge? Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. Please listen and I will speak. I will ask you and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I retract and I repent sitting on dust and ashes. You see, after all that Job had been through, where God had taken his hand away from him, God was still trying to prune him. It was a controlled exercise. You see, God only allowed the enemy to go as far as he had given him permission to go. God's hand was still over Job, even though all that destruction had happened in his life. However, if God fully removes his hand from you, the level of destruction that you will experience will be insurmountable. You see, Job wasn't able to be restored until he accepted that God had a purpose for his life. And until he yielded to him, until he stopped wondering why it was happening, until he repented for his misguided perceptions and sacrificed himself back to God, back to dust and ashes, then God could breathe on him. But God's, God's, see God's breath on flesh will destroy it, but God's breath on spirit increases it. <laughs> Where do you stand? Is this wind gonna bowl you over? Or is it going to increase you? You see, when, when we think about the supernatural, God is awakening the supernatural in the earth like he never has before. He is about to bring it back. But when we think about miracles, we always think about all of these wonderful things. Oh, such amazing things. We, 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 we uh, make miracles, miracles synonymous with healing and deliverance and, and uh, overflow and increase. Uh, but miracles are simply something that is unexpected. Miracles are defined as a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of a divine agency. A highly improbable or extraordinary event, development, or accomplishment that brings very welcome consequences. You see, that's the world's definition of a miracle. Here's the thing, though. In Exodus Chapter three, verses 20 through 22 says, so I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles, which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. I will grant his people favor in the sight. I will grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be that when you go, you will not go empty handed. But every woman shall ask her neighbor and the woman who lives in our house for articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters so you will plunder the Egyptians. See, all of those plagues that happened in Egypt, 
the frogs, the locusts, the blood, the water turning to blood, all of those things that happened, oh, those were miracles too. <laughs> Everything is two-sided. So what side do you want to be on? Which side of the reaping do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side where the harvest is cut down for you so that you can gather it up? Or do you want to be on the side where you are the thing that is being cut down? <laughs> Matthew chapter 10 Verses 34 through 39 says, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. I'm going to stop there in verse 34. You see, the sword cuts things away. The sword prunes things. The sword keeps things in order. And that's where we are right now. That's what God needs to do. He needs to restore order. Because we way out of order. Because too many of us have become a liability to the kingdom. Because too many of us are not following the God positioning system. See, you better decide which team you're playing for and position yourself accordingly. Are you gonna be Judas and betray Jesus and then die in the very field purchased with your blood money? Or will you be a true disciple for Christ? Will you be a David and become a bloodline and a path to lead people to Christ? Or will you be Saul and fall on your own sword? You choose, either you're gonna choose life or death, wisdom or foolishness, obedience or disobedience, blessing or curse, eternal life or eternal damnation. You choose. Do you follow the God positioning system or the global positioning system? The direction of the world or the direction of the Father? Are you entering through the narrow gate? or through the gate of destruction. Matthew 7, 13 to 40 says, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it for the gate is narrow and the way is constricted that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Is your GPS leading you through the gate of destruction or through the narrow gate? You better decide, and you better decide very quickly. Because God ain't playing. Remember that no matter where you stand, you can always turn and go back in the right direction, in the direction toward God and his plan. First Chronicles uh, 7, 13 through 14 says, if I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send a plague among my people and my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 
Are you going to fully surrender to him? Or are you going to simply perish? The choice is yours. Are you a kingdom asset or a kingdom liability? Are you going to take the God positioning system or the global positioning system? Are you going to continue to be covered under the kingdom insurance? Or are you going to be uncovered? The choice is yours. Choose wisely. Well, that is the word that God gave me to give to you guys today. I pray that you receive it. I pray that you seek him for it. For more on what you need to know about it. I pray that you get in position because I just don't want to see people suffer in this season. I just don't want to see people lose in this season. I just don't want to see people perish in this season. If you need help, if you need prayer, if you need clarity, if you need assistance, you can reach out to me at spirit 12 at gmail.com. If you feel led to sow, you may do so at Cash App Dollar Sign War in the Spirit or at Venmo War in the Spirit 12. Listen, I don't care where you do it, how you do it, put something in the ground so that you can reap a harvest. Your seed can be a seed of obedience. It can be a seed of surrender. It can be a seed of sacrifice. Seeds are not just money. Seeds are service. Seeds are are are, are many different things. I don't care where you sow it, but sow it wherever God directs you to do so. Put something in the ground so you can be on the right side of the reaping. I love you. Have a wonderful and awesome week.